Uh, you know, you know, Satine from the Mandalore stuff. Of course. I have a question. This is a, this is a personal, like, some people are speculating like, oh, you know, her and Obi-Wan might have had a thing. Because if you look, I think it's in season three. She has a nephew who looks a little bit suspiciously That's, like yeah. Obi-Wan. So That's... I want to get your take. Do you think... You know, Obi Wan and Satine might have been a little more than more than friends. If you catch my drift, I think they are. I think that is, in fact, yeah. I think that's true. Hello, and welcome to the Nerdiest Podcast, the podcast where nerds talk about nerdy things. On this episode, um, Jackson is missing. He's not here. He's currently out on his two-week vacation because here at the podcast, you know, you only get a two-week vacation and then you get no vacation time for the rest of the year. So he's taking his two weeks all at once and he'll be back. But in his stead, since he has been refusing to watch The Clone Wars, I had to go out and reach out to Scott. Hello. Because Scott watches The Clone Wars. He's watched all of it. He loves it just as much as I do. And I finally can talk about the Clone Wars on the podcast, which is something I've wanted to do from day one. Like, I've always wanted to have a Clone Wars episode, even just, even just to use that glorious season seven poster as the thumbnail for the episode. Not that it's used for this one, but just so that I could use it. So... Before we jump into the Clone Wars, what I want to say is on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about seasons one through four. We're going to break it up because there's a lot of Clone Wars and we don't, I don't want to feel like we're rushing through anything. So this episode, we're going to be talking about seasons one through four. And then two weeks from now, the next episode, we'll be talking about seasons five through seven and finishing it out. So yeah, Scott, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, we're just on like... A couple months ago. Yeah, I was. Also for I don't Wars, remember what we... Our... Oh, yeah, that was what we talked about. Yeah, with our very controversial Star Wars opinions. And my severe hatred for the sequel trilogy, because it's... Yeah, which I, I feel is not unjustified, but... I, same here, like, they're alright, but no. Just no. If you guys want to hear our full ramblings on why we don't like the sequel trilogy, just go back a few episodes... Yeah. And you can listen to us, you know, ramble on about ranking all the Star Wars movies. But today, we're here to talk about the Clone Wars. And I'm going to let you go first. So what are just your general thoughts on either the season or the show overall or the first four seasons? Like, what are just your general thoughts on the show? Well, I'll go with just the first four seasons. So, like, it really starts off slow, which I can kind of see why Jack doesn't want to watch it. But still... I wish he would, but uh, yeah, it, it starts off slow, but it gets really, really good at the start of episode or season three because it starts with something so important because it, it introduces or like really continues on a few of the characters that we even see in something like the Bad Batch. So I, I, I like I like it past season three or season three and forward more than I like season one and two. Yeah, no, I can agree. I feel like they really didn't know what they were doing in the first two seasons. 
Not to say there are no good episodes in the first yeah, two seasons. I think there are definitely some great episodes in there. But there were a lot of, like, filler and just random episodes or random arcs. And there was also, like, the Clone Wars movie, too, which is meh. I like, remember... I remember, I remember watching it and, like, not remembering a single thing. Because I watched it once. And that was when I was, like... 10 maybe but i remember like it just didn't feel like the clone wars and that may be because it just wasn't like it wasn't per an episode basis it was one long thing and like you can tell there's a clear there's more of a distinction between episodes mm -hmm. like there's always something that happens in between or it's a change in pace or characters or location so i don't know right. i feel like that that may have changed why the movie wasn't that great yeah but it's still canon Right? That's true. Yeah, it's still canon. It's just the timeline's a little messed up because, like, there's that one episode, I think it's in season... Is it in season one? What's no, it about? it's in season two. It's the one where they're, they're on Christophsis and the guy is, like, a traitor. There's the clone that's the traitor and, like, sold them out. Uh... And then that leads into the movie. But the movie came first in terms of, like, the timeline of release. But then there's, um... The episode where I th I want to say it's in season two because I when I was watching it I hadn't finished. Oh wait, no. No, well, hold on. Are you talking about the one where the it's clone the, it's was the, the hidden enemy? Yeah, season the hidden one, enemy. That's in season 16. one. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, there's that one which takes place first, and then there's the movie, and then after the movie, like it kind of just goes back to the way it was. Yeah, which I uh, it, and then. Well, because you go back to like the very beginning. Well, didn't the movie come out before the show? Yeah, that's why it's confusing. Yeah, because they well, went I mean, the back show is... in the middle of season one and to set finish up that, the movie. Yeah. Well, because then it also it confuses the timeline a little back in season three. Like I was talking about how I really liked that first episode, but that's also before one of the first episodes as well. Mm -hmm. It's about the training of certain clones that were put there it was uh about the training of like echo and heavy and all them i mean not yeah the entire and then bad that's batch, season but... one episode five i think yeah season one episode five rookies so you go like from season three episode one to season one episode five and then you can like give it a little time and then you can jump back to season three episode two because then they come back and they're not ARC Troopers yet. No, they're not ARC Troopers, but they are part of the 501st. Yeah. Which I gotta say, that that Camino episode, where, like, a Camino gets attacked, fabulous oh, yeah. episode. Absolutely. I... It's also one of those that, like, I watched a lot, because I had all of the DVDs. Like, I have all of the DVD box sets of the first four seasons, I think. Um, and I would always watch, like, Umbara, which we'll get to, um, Camino getting attacked, like all of those early episodes of the seasons, always mm, ten out of always, 10. yeah. Uh, like again, it's kind of like there's a lot of filler episodes, but then there's like just some really good arcs put in the middle of those. So yeah. it's kind of like a just like an up. It's like a roller coaster of how good the show is and how active, I guess you could say it was. Yeah. Like how and important the watching, episodes were. 
Exactly. And if you're watching from the beginning, you kind of just have to... If you want to watch the series all the way through, you kind of just got to stick with it for the yeah. first two seasons. Like, there are some genuine gems in there. Yeah. In the first few... Like, in the first two seasons. But if you can get past those, season three and on, it just... Like, they really figured out what they were doing. Yeah. Animation took a big step up. Like, writing took a big step up. Like, all of this stuff just went through the roof and it was fantastic yeah it it definitely picks up after season three because like back in season two what was I, I remember there were a lot of filler episodes and arcs that were really like strung out i guess and it felt like really slow but it definitely definitely picked up like even right after that yeah because like Season two, you have like Cad Bane comes in, which by the way, Cad, Cad Bane, Bane, yeah, freaking amazing character. Like he is so cool, and he's um, he's never like necessarily painted as a bad guy, just a bounty hunter. And I right. don't know why bounty hunters are always painted as bad guys, because like they're they're often doing good things in a lot of other shows and movies and whatnot. But then but it just in the clo- yeah, like he's a bounty hunter or. If you've ever played Red Dead Redemption 2, Arthur does bounties. And it's like, bounty hunters are always painted as the bad guys in the show, even though, you know, they're not that bad guy. Not necessarily always the a bad, bad person. Yeah. They're literally just guns for hire. Yeah. Season 2 is uh, interesting, because you have, like, Cad Bane comes in, and then you've got one, two, three, four, like, five episodes where they're on Geonosis, and then they have those little worm things. That, that was like, a weird episode. And then there's other stuff like Ahsoka loses her lightsaber. I will say, season two does have um, a three-episode Mandalore-like arc, yeah. which was really good because it set up all of the Mandalorian stuff, which I think was the first time we'd ever been exposed to any like anything deeper in the lore for Mandalore other than like, yeah. oh, Jango Fett has a cool helmet, Boba Fett has a cool helmet. Like They actually went in and were like, oh, let's dig deeper and what what is mandalore where did these people come from which yeah. obviously well, went out and inspired the mandalorian which is another great show yeah so. i i feel like i don't know season one was hey this is what the clone wars is this is how it's gonna be this is what it's gonna look like because like there's not many long arcs there's a lot of like spread out stuff then in season two there's a few arcs that focus more on a few characters like there's three for cad bane there's five for Ahsoka um, and some more of the clones. Then there's, you know, the Mandalore arc, which introduces us to more of that. So it kind of like it m- opens up for more characters and more development for them. And it more sho- it shows more of the universe and it kind of sets it, excuse me, it kind of sets it up for the future. Right. And one thing that I think they definitely improved on was because when they introduced Ahsoka in the first season, she's kind of like, apparently nobody liked her in the first season. Oh which yeah. Well, I could never understand that. I liked Ahsoka. Like, I, I feel like it was because they were expecting her to be more like Anakin, more powerful and open. I, I don't know, like more like Anakin in personality, but she was different and like kind of contradicting Anakin and, I feel like they didn't like her because she was new and a different different from the movies and the characters that were already there. Yeah. And it's like 
it's also character development. Like, you yeah. can't just expect her to show up and be Anakin. Like, she's never met Anakin. She has to... And she does grow into that character of being, like, complimentary to Anakin. She's never yeah. the same as, because... Um, and this was pointed out in Season 7, which we'll get to that next episode. But in Season 7, when she has that um, duel with Darth Maul, something I realized and, like, was pointed out and I tweeted about it was ahsoka by the end of the clone wars is really just the byproduct of being trained by anakin and obi-wan yeah like she carries the best attributes of both of them and you can see that character growth and development throughout the first like half of the show yeah and then you know her her more bigger stuff comes in season five like at the very end and it's kind of weird to think about the clone wars in a like, if you isolate it down to, like, what originally aired on Cartoon Network, and then Season 6 that was Netflix, and then Season 7, which was Disney+, and it's like, well, if you think about it that way, we're covering basically the whole series yeah. today, aside from the one season. But it's because we got those two extra that we need another one, because yeah. the other two seasons, like, I don't know, I have a lot to say about Season 7. Of I don't course. Know the other two. The other two, I feel like they kind of dropped out and were more filler seasons, but they weren't bad seasons. I, I did feel like they were a lot more drag, drag, dragged out, I guess. I don't know how to say that. They were yeah. longer and more dragged out, but they definitely did have content because that also that goes into more of Mandalore's plot. Um, there's a few episodes there and like how Darth Maul kind of got integrated into that, but mm -hmm. that'll be next episode. Yeah. So to like, I don't have much more to say about seasons one and two. Like they're just, yeah, there's there. just not much there. They exist to introduce the show. Now, once you get to season three, that's when the plot picks up a little bit. And like, we already kind of talked about Camino being attacked. The next big thing in season three because there's a lot because there's a decent amount of filler yeah. they go back to mandalore it's just like it's kind of filler yeah. and then the next big thing is um you bring up the night sisters and like yeah. savage oppress which they thought they were sneaky getting away with savage oppress yeah no like, i saw that immediately not sneaky at all and then they also um, like i was watching later and this is in, this is in season five that i was watching but uh there's a character who actually confuses the name as Savage. Like, they're like, eh, that's Savage O'Priest. And it's like, okay, yeah. but you were trying to be sneaky about it. Why'd you call it out now? Exactly. Like, you can't be sneaky about it and then be like, oh, Savage. Ha ha ha. Yeah. So, I think that whole arc was interesting where they bring him in. And I don't know. How, how do you feel about him being related to Darth Maul? Like... I find it very. I feel like that might have been put there, just because. I don't know because like uh, Maul was very powerful, but <sighs> Maul was very powerful, and so is Savage. And so I feel like the Night Sisters going and like, well, I mean, it wasn't really Night Sister, it was Ventress, but I still feel like them going out and picking him was kind of set up, but also it made sense. Well, yeah, it was the setup because, like, at the end of that arc, mother—I think it's—I think it's Mother Talzin—is like, "Go mother find Talzin. your brother. This yeah. is what he looks like." 
and it shows like Darth Maul, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Darth Maul's still alive?" Question mark. Like, whoa. Yeah. Well, that that was definitely where, like that that started fan service, and I was watching. What was it? <sighs> yeah, I think also like season seven was a lot of fan service, but uh, the Bad Batch has been out very fan servicey lately, but they've been doing it well. On like a certain right. sequel trilogy that we already talked about. <laughs> Episode, what was it, 37? <laughs> uh, just a few months ago. <clears throat> it had me too. <clears throat> Oof. Bad season. <clears throat> yeah, no, it was... I feel like the Bad Batch was a good fan service, but they're also like... The Clone Wars has a lot more continuity than I realized, and rewatching it has shown me that. Because like... It brought up Echo in season, like episode three, I think it was. I think okay. it's episode three, and then they bring him back in episode or season three, and then he's a big character. He's part of, like he's a leader in the five hundred first, and he's a big character until he's killed off. Spoiler alert! Um, I remember watching that episode live. Like when I was going back and rewatching, I remembered watching like the Mortis arc weekly and how like genuinely terrifying it was like even when ahsoka gets turned evil for that like little bit of that episode it scared the crap out of me like that was a scary arc yeah and everybody's like clone wars is a show for kids and i'm like let me raise you 10 examples of why that's not true parasites that control people anakin committing several war crimes uh ahsoka turning um, to the dark side like there is in the Mandalore so arc, there's literally a guy who kills himself. Like there is a literal. Yeah, I remember that. He jumps off of a building because he does, in. because he does not want to. He doesn't want to be captured, and it's like, right. This and is not really a kids deep. show. That's very important, and that's seen in like other things, like in the Halo series. There's the trooper who doesn't. There's, I'm pretty sure in like every Halo game, there's a trooper always who's like, I don't want to be turned into one of them. And it's like. That's part of the war. That's where it's not a kids show. Cause like on Mortis, there's that, and then there's uh, the Umbara arc. That's extremely dark. Oh yeah. And why I think Jack should watch the show, but he won't listen to us. Yeah, the Umbara arc, like um, the Umbara arc, is easily like one of, if not my favorite arcs of the entire show. Yeah. One, I love the five hundred first. Rex is my favorite clone. Like. He's just great. But also, like, rewatching it and seeing that scene where they find out they're killing each other yeah. gave me chills. Well, because, like, like, you see it in the faces of the clones. Like, they're all like, oh my gosh, what have we done? We've been killing our own men. And exactly. then they're, like, then thinking, thinking like, like, why did that happen? Where did both of them receive that communication? Yeah. And then they're, like, they're thinking, like, how did this happen? Where did we receive the communication that told us to kill our own men. And then, you know, they go to... They realize it's Pong Krell, and it's like... that that That's what shows it's not a kid's show. Like, there is people killing each other because they are... You know, even, like, they're on the same side, but they've been tricked. And then a Jedi who's really an imposter, it's just like, that's... It's not a kid's show. I mean... yeah. I watched this stuff growing up, of course, which totally gave me my lovable personality. Yeah. But, uh... And, of course, they don't show anything violent. Like, in yeah. the Citadel arc, I remember, um, there's... There's a clone trooper who gets, like, cut in half. 
by the because they're like climbing up vents and the vents start shutting and this guy yeah i remember that and And it's like like implied and you know that it happened you hear the scream even and it's like it's like everybody's like in order for it to you know have the effect it needs to be shown and i'm like i think it's scarier when it's not shown and it's just implied yeah well because then that makes you think it's so bad that it can't be shown yeah well because even in the ambara arc like that was that's honestly one of the darkest parts of the show both Mm -hmm. literally considering it's a planet shrouded in darkness and like emotionally because you know they're killing themselves they're killing their own troops and it doesn't make sense and then there's this giant walker tank thing and it crushes a clone and it doesn't just like have his scream cut off i heard a squishing noise right it's like like, you hear the crunching this is a dark show and people don't realize it because it's animated like it's well i mean you watch anime you know yeah, people very frequently tend to say, oh, it's animated, um, it's for kids. Yeah, no, no, that is definitely not the case. It was not the case, well, maybe more so when The Clone Wars was originally airing, but yeah. nowadays, that is definitely not true. Because you have well, shows like Rick and Morty and The Simpsons and yeah. Family well, Guy. Because like, like, I was watch- uh, you know, I've watched the entire show, except for a few arcs, um, from the start for this and like I was watching the first two seasons and all I remember is most of these episodes have some sort of like subtle message for kids like it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from you can do anything it doesn't matter how big or small like there's always these messages and then something like the Umbara arc or the Mandalorian arc hits and it just gets rid of that and leans into more of the story of clones fighting and war and like all that stuff and i feel like that's what makes the show better is because like it it, it, i mean like i completely understand why they were like oh yeah we should put some messages in there for the kids you know be a good person and whatnot but then they get into this and in my opinion when they just completely drop that whole thing the show gets better yeah no i agree because i part of me thinks they might have leaned into the childhood or like the child aspect of it too much because they were on Cartoon Network. But yeah. then once they got to that third season, they were like, oh, we've been cleared for season three, four, five. We can, you know, Bomb blow it out up, and yeah. go crazy. Well, and, you know, they were supposed to originally go to season six. And like what it, what was in season six and season seven was supposed to be pushed together. And all that was supposed to be the final season. And then Disney came in and was like, season five, we're done yeah no more clone wars well because then it's um like in season three you can tell that it starts immediately getting to be darker because in the first episode there is someone sabot like there's the bounty hunter who was training the clones or whatever he sabotages his own clone group just because he doesn't like one of them there's one clone who's wanting to be a deserter there's one clone who's despairing because they're not succeeding like, it immediately jumps from kid-friendly and, ah, uh, happy times and whatnot, straight to, these guys are depressed. Yeah. And so. it, like, it really leans into that whole, like, what is the mental toll of war? What, is, yeah. what does it mean to be a soldier? And I think that's why I like the Ambara arc. I like the Ambara arc for the same reasons that I like Rogue One. Because it really feels like a war. It's yeah. not... 
oh, Jedi parading around with lightsabers using the Force. It's like, troopers are dying, and we need a strategy so that people don't die. Yeah, and then there's clones who are in the Indian bar arc. There's clones who are considering deserting, turning on their own men. There's clones who are like, hey, it doesn't matter. It's an order's an order, and they're willing to kill another clone just because they think like they're doing bad. Like it just completely jumps straight into like that aspect of this is a war, not something to be messed around with, you know? Yeah. And another thing the show does really well is, and this kind of makes episode three a lot harder to watch, especially Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight, but it yeah. really builds on that relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan yeah, That's because, you know, it was there in the prequels and it was like, Oh, you know, they're really close, but this like, shows how close they were yeah like in season seven it's implied that obi-wan knows that anakin and padme are married yeah well no he does and like like there's a part where he says that and even there was that cut line where he's like i can't remember exactly what the cut line was and i don't know why they cut it because it was fantastic and would have really built onto their relationship but uh it was like uh, essentially, he acknowledged that Padme and Anakin were married and together, and, but he was he was willing to overlook that because he felt like because he was Anakin's friend, and he was willing to overlook that just because of that. And like, I don't know why they removed it because that was such an important part. But then the Clone Wars comes in, and like the arc on Mortis, I think that's what the place is called. Mortis. Yeah, yeah the arc on Mortis. Um, Anakin sees what he does in the future as Vader, and he realizes, like, hey, this is bad. And, like, that's that's where I start to feel, like, Anakin was a good guy turned evil. Because, like, he sees these things, and he's like, why would I ever do that? And he sees why he does it. He, he sees that he does it for Padme, and he's like, I won't do that. And so that makes me think, though, like, what would have happened if he had if his mind had not been wiped of those memories? Would he have actually turned to Vader? Would he have stopped himself? No, would he, have st- he would have. He would have, like... See, that was one of the things, like, I rewatched it and that kind of bothered me a little bit. Because if he didn't have his mind wiped there, it would have completely altered the yeah. rest of, like, the canon story. Well, cause he because he even... Of, like, he saw that Palpatine was evil. If he had seen that Palpatine was evil, maybe, like, in between 2 and 3... Then he would have told would someone, totally and the they course. would have stopped Palpatine. They would have gotten the entire Jedi Order and clones on Palpatine, and then, you know, Palpatine would have died. The Empire would not have given the the Empire would not have risen, and from Episode Three on, it wouldn't have been canon anymore. So, like, I understand why they did it, but it just makes me think, like, what would that look like now? You know? Yeah, I do want to say they did a really good job of like blending this show into the already existing continuity like they didn't have to change a lot to get it to fit and work and and then of course like once you get to the sequel trilogy they kind of built stuff around like because when you get to the sequel trilogy well ahsoka existed rex existed like they knew these characters existed so they could build around that instead of having to be like non-canon 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 and now that we've put our stuff in we can pick and choose what comes back and what doesn't so that was what scared me is like i can't remember what it was they were about to say that the clone wars was not canon they were about to declare that officially and i was like please don't 
Because this is I one remember. of my favorite shows. And then they were just like, nah, it's still canon. And I'm like, thank goodness, because that would have been super painful. Because then they wouldn't have been able to bring back Ahsoka. It's true. I remember when they first, like, when Disney first announced they had bought Star Wars. It was so exciting. Everybody was flipping out, like, new movies, new stuff at Disney, like, all this stuff. And then the next thing they said was, like, oh, the Clone Wars is canceled. And that hit me like a truck. I was like, excuse me, what? This is the last season? And, like, they announced it was the last season halfway through the season. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. We're on filler arcs with droids right now, and you're telling me this is the last season of this show? Yeah. And it's, and it's like, like... Well, because then if they cut that season then, Ahsoka would have... Like, that was the end... Or that was when Ahsoka left the Jedi Order. was at the end of season five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they had cut... If that had been the last season, we would not have been able to see the return and rise of Maul. Well, at least the fall of Maul. We would not have been able to see the return of Ahsoka. She wouldn't have been able to be in the Mandalorian. Like, there's so much that relied on continuing the Clone Wars. So if it was cancelled, like, so much would not have been able to happen. Like, even the Bad Bats wouldn't have been able to happen. Because there were certain characters, and part of Rebels wouldn't have been able to happen. Like, it's just a lot was riding on the Clone Wars. So if they had cut it, it would have been a disaster. I think there's a lot of, like, looking back now and being like, oh, we should have finished the Clone Wars, because you're right. Like, even just knowing Ahsoka was in Rebels kind of took away a lot of tension and suspense from Season 7, because we're like, oh, well, she's not going to die to Order 66, because she's in Rebels. And same for the Mandalorian. Like, well, we know she's not dead in Rebels, because she's in the Mandalorian. Like, so, I think looking back on it, if they could they would have continued the Clone Wars. I never understood why they didn't just buy the, like, the TV rights for the Clone Wars from Cartoon Network or just let it keep airing on Cartoon Network. Yeah. I never understood why Disney did that, but, you know, Disney is Disney. And I'm not going to complain. I think Season 7 yeah. is... I don't want to say it's the best season, but I feel like it has the best arc. I don't know. I, I mean, like... Uh, season 7 might be the best season in my opinion because it was like it was everything that we wanted and they did fan service well like they didn't mm-hmm. do it bad and the, it, in my opinion really really well really well tied in with episode 3 and like it, it set up characters for the future for things like the Bad Batch and Rebels and whatnot, and it brought back Ahsoka and it was just fan service but the good kind yeah so that's the next episode so to backtrack a little bit like how do you feel because i have a couple arcs here um how do you feel about darth maul just coming back in general because i think it was risky to bring back darth maul it was very risky and i think they executed it as well as they could why do you think it was risky first i think it was risky because it's it's that idea of you killed off this character and everyone assumed like, oh yeah, he's dead. And then it, and the hardest part is like, how did he get from Naboo to like the trash planet where he was and gave himself like a spider, like a mechanical what, yeah. spider behind well, so to I, keep himself alive? I was thinking the same thing. 
he fell down into a trash chute. That's what happened. Like similar to how Luke or Anakin's lightsaber was lost when Luke got his hand cut off. That fell down to a trash chute. So he fell down to a trash chute. Maybe there was someone down there who was like, gosh, this guy's still alive. Um, and so, you know, the trash chute went and all that was taken to the trash planet. Maybe someone there found him and was like, hey, I'll help him. Um, because yeah. remember, he had that snake thing creature with him yeah. that was like feeding with him. And I don't know what was up with that. But I feel like it's because there was someone else there. That's how he got back. If if there was no one else there, he would have died, in my opinion. But, um... Yeah. And then, like... How his lightsaber was recovered? That's one of the questions I had, because it doesn't make sense to me. It went down the trash chute, cut in half, and so, in my opinion, it was lost. But, yeah, it seems like it shouldn't work if it was cut in half. Well, I mean... Wouldn't there have been two kyber crystals? Because we see in... Is Jedi... Is the Jedi Order game... Or is Fallen Order canon? Yes. I I believe it is. Well, anyways, the main character, Cal, you eventually get an ability where you can split your lightsaber. And he literally oh, breaks apart cool, two crystals. And, by the way, it's not a good ability because it's not like a split it apart and unlock a new set of moves. It's literally like one move where he'll just split it apart and like throw them or whatever and bring them back and put it back together. It's stupid. Yeah. But... Like, that, I feel like that could show how, you know, it still works. Like how Anakin's right. lightsaber was ripped in half in The Last Jedi. Yeah. I would want to say, like, it still worked in the end. It was fixed. So, That's true. Uh, but I don't understand how, like, it was found. Like, how did Savage get it? I mean, that's another good question. I think that's one of those things they just expect you... To be like, oh, well, well you know, it, it ended up there. Yeah, and it, it honestly, it like... Works. Don't think about it too hard. It works. Yeah, I mean, like, that's... I, I kind of accept that with a few things, like how Luke's lightsaber... Or, Anakin, sorry. Anakin's lightsaber was found, and I guess how Maul's was found. I feel like that should be kind of accepted, because, like, a lot of people are like, yeah, it's a big chance that that could happen, or, like, a very small chance that that could happen, but, like, there's still a chance, so it happened. Exactly. So... Yeah, and I feel, you know, Maul was brought back. I think it was a good decision. Yeah, definitely. But to continue on a risky decision, like, it, there was a decent room, like, a decent margin of error in bringing back a character that big. Like, it's not yeah. a random Joe Schmo from one of the movies. It is Darth Maul, the a big Sith baddie Lord. from The Phantom Menace, like, like the namesake of... The first, you know, episode one. Yeah. But I feel like it was good. It was risky because, again, big character. But I feel like they did it well in the Clone Wars because he was injured with only one half of his lightsaber. He had lost his mind. Like, he was just completely broken. And then he, like, once he went back to the Night Sisters and they brought his mind back, then eventually he, um, he kind of regained, like, a sense of. Like, he wasn't insane anymore. And I feel like right. he he was serving under Darth Sidious because he kind of had to. Otherwise, he would have been killed by Sidious. But he was right. free to do what he wanted. And the only thing on his mind at that point was killing Kenobi because, you know, he took off his legs. So I feel right. like it was they did it well with 
hey, he's he's free to do what he wants. Kind of like with what Ahsoka, what happened with Ahsoka. She was out of the Jedi Order. She had no codes. She could do what she wanted. Or a clone deserter. I can't remember what his name was. What he wanted to do was go and start a family and start a farm. Like, they did it well with separating him enough that he could be his own character and have his own thing. Now, like, I haven't yeah. watched Rebels, but, like, I heard that he still fights Obi-Wan in Rebels. So, I feel like they did it well with, like, separating him and bringing him back. He does fight Obi-Wan in Rebels. And, oh, it's... So, I don't know who explained it. It was either Sam Witwer or Dave Filoni explained the way they did that fight. And I would totally recommend anyone who is, like, a fan of Maul, Kenobi, you know, Clone Wars, Rebels, please watch this video. But what he explains is, like, Darth Maul's back. Like, the only thing he's been thinking about is the vengeance thing. Obi-Wan is not... He's not Clone Wars Obi-Wan. He's, like, Rebels, A New Hope, like... Yeah. Original trilogy, Obi-Wan. And he starts off in that pose where the lightsaber is over his head and he's got his hand out. And then he brings the lightsaber down, like, to where he has it in A New Hope. And then he brings it up to, like, where he where Qui-Gon holds it and lures Maul into this false sense of, like, he's going to use Qui-Gon style and Maul knows how to use that. So he goes for, like, the bump up to stab Obi-Wan oh, really? in the chest. Yeah. But oh. Obi-Wan switches at the last second and, like, it's, it's a very, like, samurai-esque fight because it's, like, three hits and Obi-Wan kills him. So it it's kind of like a fantastic fight. Yeah. Okay. I need to watch the Re- I need to watch Rebels. Like I never really got into it, and I don't know why, but I do remember like that makes sense because when he killed Qui Gon, he was adapting to Qui Gon's style, found a gap in his movements, then bumped him in the face and stabbed him. So I mean, like if yeah. if Obi Wan switched to the last second to kill him, like that would make sense because Qui Gon or. They didn't have too many encounters beforehand. They did encounter a lot, but it wasn't like, hey, I can know completely how this guy fights now. There was still a little bit of a gap there. So I guess if him switching to Qui-Gon style and him being like, oh, I know how to do this. I already did it once and I killed a Jedi Master. You know, now this guy's this is an old man. You know, he would have seen like, yeah, that's definitely an opportunity. And then I guess he just didn't. I think Rebels is an overhated show because I've been rewatching it like kind of on and off since Disney Plus came out because I never really finished it, but I got hooked on it because Ahsoka's in it. So I think it's overhated because it's not the Clone Wars, even though it's like it's got all of the same people working on it. Like Dave Filoni is still the creative head. Oh, really? On Rebels. Yeah. I thought that was different. No, he's the creative head on clone wars all of the seasons um rebels bad batch he he shares like the creative head on mandalorian with john favreau like dave filoni knows star wars in and out but that's also because he was mentored by george lucas when working on the clone wars so he knows like he's got that inside of like what george lucas saw star wars as and i think that's partly why he does so well yeah because Cool. Everybody's like George Lucas did the, se- the prequel so bad because he's not good, and I'm like, it's not because George Lucas is bad. It's just because he had a lot of out there ideas, and nobody really told him no to the ones that were super far out there. Yeah. But then when he gets reined in, 
he makes stuff like the Clone Wars. Yeah. It definitely, like... It's hard to, like, view all of these things as, like, connected in terms of direction. Because they're all different, like, eras. Both yeah. in... In an, in the context of Star Wars, like the era of the Republic, the Empire, and the First Order, but then it's like all different eras in real life. Like all these people are older or younger, and it's a different time to be making these things. But they, and that's why it's also different, and that's why everyone always likes likes one trilogy more than the other. But I mean, honestly, it all has some sort of connection. Yeah. Outside of being Star Wars. Exactly. And, like, you just kind of got to go with it. Because there are going to be people who don't like a trilogy. Like, there are going to be a lot of people in five, ten years who love the sequels because they were, like, ten when the sequels came out. Like, the sequels are going to turn into the prequels. Whether people like it or not, that's what's going to happen. The Clone Wars never had that. I mean, it kind of did. Because not a lot of people liked the Clone Wars, but then as time went on, and like, you know, you run around with like, season 7 came back last year, and a lot more people like the Clone Wars now. Especially since it's on Disney+, Plus, it's very accessible now, it wasn't before. So, just being able to see it as, everything is subjective. Like, there are episodes of the Clone Wars I don't like, because I think, you know, they're filler. And I'm not saying the show is, well, the show is very close to perfect, but it's not perfect. It does have flaws. But you kind of just got to sit back and be like, you know what? It's a, it's a, it's a show about space wizards who swing around light sticks. Yeah. And and then there's a clone army and robots and cyborgs and like some mystical force. Like it, it changes a lot in the tone from season one to two to three to five to six to seven like there's these all different feelings to it because it 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 took place over a long time like when did it start uh clone wars started in 2008 yeah and then like it went on for a few years dropped off then picked back up then dropped off and picked back up with season seven like it definitely changed a lot yeah and just because of the time and i think and I know Disney is not the best with Star Wars, but I think they're realizing not necessarily like they're like, oh, yeah, people love the Clone Wars. Let's make more of the Clone Wars. And that's why they're doing the Bad Batch. I think they finally clicked and they're like, oh, people like the Clone Wars because of the story, not because it's the Clone Wars like animation style or any of that. They like the story that's there. And the animation, yes, is part of it. Because, like, watching The Bad Batch and being very familiar with that style of animation is great. And people give Rebels crap because they're like, oh, it looks terrible. And I'm like, no, 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 no. They're trying to, like, emulate the original Ralph McQuarrie art for Star Wars. That was the style they chose with Rebels because that was the... Like, Ralph McQuarrie did art for the original trilogy. So, to set a show in the original trilogy, you obviously want to follow that. style, yeah. So, I think Disney needs... Well, they have caught on with the Bad Batch, and they're like, okay, people like the story, and the story is what needs to be there. And that's what makes the Clone Wars so good. Is because you look at arcs like the Umbara arc that's very dark, or the Mortis arc that is like, 
light and dark is... cannot like they can they can't coexist you have to choose one or the other and then you have anakin as this character in the middle who's yeah. like man well, maybe i can do a little bit of both honestly i feel like i feel like the mortis arc was one of the most important ones out of the entirety of the clone wars and i know that that's going to be like said otherwise by a lot of people but it's because like it really shows more because i mean i know there were kids out there who were not introduced to star wars as a whole like with the movies but were introduced to the clone wars and were focused on that specifically so they never really understood the concept of light versus dark they never understood the sith being more powerful than the jedi and i feel like that was what really really that like that was really important because on like we see it and um i feel like it was more of a representation of anakin's turn and his time as vader and then him dying yeah like i feel like that that whole arc was kind of summing up the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy because the light side representation dies first anakin loses his in like any sense of good morality and then eventually he like the father of the force or whatever he kills himself to stop the son of darkness and i feel like that's kind of uh when vader sacrifices himself by killing sidious though he's being zapped i feel like that's him sacrificing himself to bring balance back because like right. once the father and the son die that would bring balance back to mortis and maybe the force as a whole because then like all of the light and dark representation is non-existent, non-existent and therefore there's no more powerful darkness with no light left like right. he definitely brings back that balance and it also makes me think, like, Anakin's destiny, so-called, was said by the father to be to replace the father. Because he could bring balance to the daughter and son. Which that also makes me think, like, if Anakin stayed there on Mortis and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka got out, what would happen then? Like, Vader would never... Yeah. He wouldn't go back. Palpatine would have no way to start the Empire... So eventually he would just die of old age. And I guess the Republic would have continued. But the Jedi would have maybe fallen out. Just because like, I know that they were like losing their connection to the Force. So that makes me question. like, What would happen if he stayed? What would happen if he was a good guy? What would happen if he maybe joined the Son of Darkness? Like, There are so many paths that could have happened here. And I, want, I just want to know yeah, like, what would happen. you know? But it makes me think like. The most important one was, was Anakin's destiny truly to stay there on Mortis? Because the father said he was supposed to stay there to bring balance. And he could have brought balance if he had stayed. So it was, like, his destiny before was to bring balance to the Force. The father said, if you stay here, you'll bring balance to light and dark. Or my son and my daughter, which are light and dark. And so that makes me question, like, was that his true destiny and he just messed it up or was his destiny to go through that and become Vader? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like, obviously we know 
because of the way like the movies play out obviously he was gonna leave but i think you're right it does bring up a question was being the chosen one more was it like more complicated than just killing all of the, in the Sith. Normal world? Like, yeah. maybe he should have stayed there yeah and mortis... that was what it meant to be the chosen one yeah because mortis was definitely not normal you know, there were two signals, technically speaking. Uh, they completely disappeared. Like, time was changed. Like, Mortis was above anything else. It was part of the Force. So it just makes me think, like, was that Anakin's destiny to stay? Or was it to continue on? But, I mean, you know, we'll never know now. Because it's, yeah. it's already happened. Yeah. So, as we as we kind of wrap up here, uh, you know, you know, Satine from the Mandalore stuff. Of course. I have a question. This is a, this is a personal, like, some people are speculating, like, oh, you know, her and Obi-Wan might have had a thing. Because if you look, I think it's in season three, she has a nephew who looks a little bit suspiciously That's, like yeah. Obi-Wan. So That's... I want to get your take. Do you think, you know, Obi-Wan and Satine might have been a little more than more than friends if you catch my drift i think they are i think that is in fact yeah i think that's true because that was when we learned a bit more about obi-wan's past it is over while they're on mandalore actually in the first time and the second time that they're there for these two these four seasons obi-wan says that him and qui-gon were stuck on mandalore for a long time and in that time he grew close to satine now, time-wise, it's not perfect. But he does go back to Mandalore quite often. And it it just, it kind of fits, yet it also doesn't. Yeah. So I and think I, it's true, but... I do too. I feel like it's one of those things that, like, unless Dave Filoni says it's canon, then it's not. But just yeah. the kind of common understanding is that it... It's, it's kind of like a pseudo-canon. Yeah, uh, because you're right, canon, if I they come out and say, oh yeah, Obi-Wan had a kid, well then everybody's going to be like, well why was this kid never mentioned in the original trilogy? Or like yeah. at any of these other points in time. So, it's it, it gets messy. I like... But I... There are very few headcanons like... that I would like to follow. Do you know what a headcanon is? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So there are very few headcanons I would like to follow in, in Star Wars and outside of that. I this is a headcanon that I would like to be true. That's one that I oh, follow. No, I agree. Because it, it makes sense enough that it could be true. Right. Like, it's not one of those super far out there yeah. headcanons. Like, it's definitely in the realm of possibility. because, well, like, a lot of people think, like, oh, it's headcanon. It can't be true. Like, there's another game. There's a game I play, Oxenfree. Highly recommend it. The, it, it has a, infinite timelines because it deals with time travel. There is a headcanon where everyone survives and everything is cool and nice and happy, right? I know that Star Wars doesn't deal with time travel, but it also makes me think, like, if something like that could technically be canon, because in the game, Oxenfree, it is, technically speaking, canon, though it was never announced, based off of the lore. But, I don't know, I just feel like it could be true. Yeah. If that makes sense, because I'm not mentally i think there's another layer there of that that could be why obi-wan is 
basically okay with Anakin and Padme and like why he's not ratting yeah. out and be like, hey guys, Anakin has a wife. Because I think Obi-Wan wanted that. Like I think because it's in, I think it's in season two when they're on the ship. He tells Satine, like, I would have left the order for you. Yeah. I... And I think there's definitely a part of him that wanted that relationship and wanted to be with her, but knew that he couldn't have it because when he would have made that decision, he was then thrust like, oh, you need to train Anakin now. And he didn't have an option yeah. to leave. So, so, yeah, he does. He, I'm pretty sure he says that. But also it's like he talks with Anakin in that episode where they're on the ship. And he admits that there was something between him and Satine. So, like, it's it's obvious that there was something. But it does bring up the question of whether or not that kid is theirs, you know? Yeah. But I guess I'm, we just have to hope that someone will say it is. Yeah. Dave Filoni, if you're listening, if you want to make that canon exclusively for us, we'll break the story on the next episode. Yeah. We'll just start off. By the way... You know. By the way, we're geniuses. Dave Filoni <laughs> contacted us individually. Directly, yeah. And, okay, one more thing I want to get your take on. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of one of those things that I'm not a super big fan of. But um, do you remember the character Lux Bonteri? You know who I'm talking about? Uh, it's the, the guy who was like introduced as an as an Ahsoka love interest and was like oh, they yeah. kind of played around with the idea of him as a love interest and then like. Well, he it was away. there for 30 seconds in these four seasons. <laughs> yeah, and then he, like, gets brought back in season five and yeah. has, like, a much bigger role that I guess we'll talk about next time. But, like, as a concept, how do you feel about Ahsoka having a love interest at all? Ahsoka having a love interest at all, I feel like I'll be okay. Because, again, we're... Obi-Wan and Anakin were willing to overlook the Jedi Order to be with people. Ahsoka didn't necessarily show complete interest. She was kind of on the fence when it came to him. So I'm kind of feeling like if was he did he survive in the end or was he, did he end up dying? Um, I'm not sure. I feel I feel like he died. I feel like he was killed off in some way. But it, I think he died in like season. It was in like five five or six. Yeah. Died. But it, it makes me think, like, if Ahsoka had the love interest then, would she have left the Jedi Order? But then again, I just don't feel like she liked him as much. Because, again, she yeah. like she was kind of on the fence about it. And it's just, I don't know. I also think, in, in an optimal timeline, right, where nobody dies, like, where Satine doesn't die in season five or Anakin doesn't turn to the dark side or, you know, Ahsoka doesn't leave the order. Let's say the war ends and there's no need for Jedi. Yeah. I think Anakin and Obi-Wan would have definitely been like, all right, peace out. See I'm going to, Dipping, going yeah. to be with my girlfriend. And I think if they had a love interest for Ahsoka, she would have done the same. Yeah. I don't know about some of the higher ups like Plo Koon or Mace Windu. Like, yeah. Well, cause then they were never introduced. Into it. Well, cause I, we see it a lot in the Clone Wars that Anakin and Obi-Wan don't necessarily care for the Order, but it's the only avenue in which they have that they can help others. They more care about helping others than following the Jedi Order. Right. Which it's definitely seen in the Clone Wars. Like, they care a lot about helping others, 
not necessarily fighting and winning the war. Like, their main point for being there is, I want to help others get away with, get away from the war and survive. So I feel like they definitely, if it was their, if they had the option, they would have left. But the reason being for the war is that they couldn't, or the war was stopping them from doing that. Like, Anakin's turn happened because of the war. But if he never turned, or if the war never happened, he probably would have been with Padme. Like, it... It's definitely interesting to think about other timelines and, like, what would happen afterwards, but, I mean, there's not much we could really tell about it. But someone did come up with, like, I mean, and I feel like it was pretty accurate, someone did come up with a timeline of what would happen if Qui-Gon had defeated Maul, Episode 1. You know, if something, one thing had changed in Episode 1, Anakin would have never grown up and turned to the dark side. Because, oh, I can't remember exactly how this happened. Anakin would have never turned to the dark side, he would have maybe left the Jedi Order... Obi-Wan still would have had interest in Satine and he would have gone to Mandalore and still been back there with her but it's just interesting to think like what would happen if they were allowed to go and do what they wanted rather than following the order exactly and I think Obi-Wan and Anakin both have a lot of I don't want to say guilt but they have like regret like Obi-Wan's reasoning for staying in the order was so that he could train Anakin because that's what Qui-Gon wanted him to do yeah if Qui-Gon hadn't died and stayed to train Anakin I think Obi-Wan definitely would have left the order to be with Satine and I think Anakin as he got older would have started to fall for Padme more and more and then realized well I want her more than I want to be in this like magic space wizards club and if he had left the order Palpatine would have never gotten to him because if he had left the order, he would have literally just not been part of the war, not gotten so close to Palpatine, not even been on Coruscant. He would have been wherever else, maybe Naboo. Like he would, like everything else would have changed if one character hadn't died. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting. And that's the butterfly effect. I hate time travel. (laughs) Oh no, same. It's the worst. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is a, unless you have anything else to say, I think this is probably a good place to wrap up because we got, you know, cover seasons one through four. And then of course, next time we're going to be blowing the doors wide open with five through seven. I have so much to say about those. Oh, so do I. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. I do have one thing to say, Jack, just watch our list, please. If you're listening to this, watch the list that we've made because I'm sure that we'll figure it out eventually. They're so good. If you're going to watch one arc, make it the Umbara arc. Because I know you'll love that. I think the Umbara arc could sell Jack. Um, yeah. The Clone Wars. And again, he I doesn't really have do. to watch the entire thing. He could just watch a few episodes that are the best ones. Maybe even right. just season seven. But if anything, watch the Umbara arc. And that's it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Scott, for joining me to talk about our little, like, kind of part one of us talking about the Clone Wars. Of course. And, of course, you know, you'll be back to finish us out. But yeah, I'm glad to. before we go, thank you for listening today. If you want to stay up to date with the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at the Nerdiest Podcast or tweet us at Nerdiest Podcast. If you have a feedback or question you want to submit, you can do so through the Contact Us page on our website. And if you enjoy what we do here, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen. You can share the podcast with your friends as word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Again, thank you for listening, and we hope to see you in the next episode. Peace out.